12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Time now to check in with ABC News journalist Jason Dacey for our usual Australia report, the latest headlines from Down Under. Jason, always a pleasure having you on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's pretty rainy here and we haven't really got the warm weather we're accustomed to in Queensland But we'll talk more about that a bit later on with the floods uh, in the southern part of the country. We certainly will. Let's start with the big story. Singapore has pledged support for Australian authorities in their investigation of the massive Optus data breach. Now, Optus is owned by Singaporean telecommunications giant Singtel, which is majority owned by a government investment fund. The Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, and his Singaporean counterpart, Lee Sien Lung, have discussed the Optus cyber hack during talks in Canberra. What more can you tell us about the talks and how this whole situation has evolved? Well, Singapore Prime Minister Lee Sien Lung is having a two-day visit in Australia this week, meeting with Anthony Albanese, the uh, relatively new Prime Minister of Australia, who was elected back in May. And this story has uh, been across the headlines for a long time with up to 10 million customers, including me, having their data compromised. And that could be your driver's license, your passport number, your address. So Lee Sien Long has said that while Optus is an Australian company operating out of Australia, Singtel is taking the incident very seriously and the government is also offering support. He said agencies have also reached out to the Australian counterparts and stand ready to provide support to the Australian government should our assistance be needed. Singapore takes the breach very seriously and it just shows the good relations uh, between the two nations. Scott Morrison was a good friend of Lee Sien Long, the previous Prime Minister, and it seems that Anthony Albanese is continuing that strong bilateral relationship. But I am very, very upset about this whole data breach because Optus being the second biggest um, telco in Australia after Telstra, it means that so many people are getting their driver's licenses changed. They're getting already text messages uh, a bit dubious. It's a terrible data breach and it shouldn't have happened. And this is something that uh, we have to really tighten up. And I'll be heading to the the driver's uh, license uh, place uh, not far from my house in the next few weeks to try and get my driver's license changed because I got a letter from Optus saying that I'm one of the customers affected. So it is a terrible hack and it's a big mistake by Optus and everyone in Australia is very upset about it. Yeah, big story there coming out of Australia. You mentioned the close relations between Singapore and Australia, if we take it back, remember when Singapore lent Australia vaccines during that initial push last year? Yeah, indeed. There, uh, you know, I think a lot of Australians have lived in Singapore, have worked there, and now the flights are operating again. It really is almost like that we're kind of uh, joined in a cultural and in a spiritual way. The two countries have this great relationship and, you know, it's a direct flight from many cities in Australia to Singapore and we support each other. I know that Singaporeans like their Aussie products in the supermarkets in Singapore and and here in Australia, we love our Singapore food and all the Singapore customs. So let it long continue this uh, relationship between the two nations. Let's move on to um, another big story talking about the floods in Australia set to worsen thousands of residents across Southeast Australia are bracing themselves for renewed flooding as the weather forecasters warned of more downpours later this week while swollen rivers continue to roll downstream, inundating farms, towns and homes. Jason, what's the latest on the floods in Australia? 
It's a terrible situation, Adrian, and it affects mostly uh, Victoria and southern New South Wales. The Murray River is Australia's longest river. It actually goes along the border between the two most populous states of Australia, and it's predicted to reach a 30-year high on Friday across the border towns of Uchuka and Moama. That's home to more than 20,000 people. And we've seen you know, emergency services rescuing residents. We've had, already had a couple of deaths, sadly, uh, from this disaster. And a lot of Singaporeans would know that this is an area that provides a lot of the fruit and vegetables for Australia. It's, uh, you know, we've got the SPC factory in Shepparton, which is one of the towns affected. Uh, so it's going to have a big impact on the way we pay for things across uh, Australia and overseas as well. And to add to this, Adrian, Victoria has experienced a 3.4 magnitude earthquake today at a depth of five kilometres recorded near Mansfield around 9 a.m. local time. So really a, a bad situation. And as for where I am in Queensland, we, we spoke earlier this year, didn't we, about the floods that devastated southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales. Uh, the rain is predicted to fall very heavily here. So, you know, with all the dams so full and, and the ground so saturated, we are a bit concerned about the third consecutive La Nina that's uh, happening through this spring and summer season across Australia. Yeah, terrible situation coming out of Australia with the flood set to worsen. Let's move on to a situation from Tel Aviv. This time Australia will stick with Tel Aviv for the embassy. A change of heart after the previous government recognized Jerusalem as the capital. Australia has reversed a decision made four years ago to recognize West Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Foreign Minister Penny Wong said the 2018 move had undermined peace and put Australia out of step with the majority of the international community. Jason, what can you tell us about Penny Wong's statement and how the public have reacted to this decision? Well, back in 2018, Scott Morrison, the previous prime minister, was contesting a by-election in Wentworth, which is a electorate in Sydney with a very large Jewish population. And he made the announcement then that the embassy would be moving from Tel Aviv to West Jerusalem. And we saw Donald Trump uh, saying that the US embassy was moving to Jerusalem, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Penny Wong, born in Sabah in Malaysia, our foreign minister has reversed that decision. In the end, you know, we never saw the um, uh, embassy moving from uh, Tel Aviv to West Jerusalem. So it never happened. So she just said it's going to remain in Tel Aviv. And you could say this is really an olive branch to Australia's large Muslim population who weren't happy that uh, the embassy may have moved to Jerusalem because they say that Jerusalem is a contested area. It isn't Israeli territory. So this is a big uh, story that's happened today. The Albanese government recommitting Australia to international efforts in the responsible pursuit of progress towards a just and enduring two-state solution. Penny Wong, very forthright and respected foreign minister of Australia to Adelaide when she was about eight or nine from East Malaysia. Yeah, very interesting story indeed coming out of Australia, how they've reversed their decision to stick with Tel Aviv for the embassy, a change of heart after the previous government recognized Jerusalem as the capital. Uh, time to talk about the markets in Australia, Jason, how uh, the nation has continued to struggle. The Aussie dollar is weak compared to the US and Singapore dollars. What more can you tell us about this? Well, it's been a pretty turbulent week on the Aussie market, and we saw how it often follows the Dow Jones Index. You know, it's dropped 10% this year, has the ASX. Uh, but looking at the currencies, the Australian dollar now 
is getting weaker and weaker, and it touched almost a, a low dating back to the global financial crisis. It's currently buying one Singapore dollar buys one dollar twelve Australian, and uh, that was uh, the weakest it's been since the the pandemic when it was one nineteen, uh, which usually is you know parity. And against the uh, U.S. dollar, it's gone down to sixty one sixty two U.S. cents. So it shows the obviously the interest rates in the U.S. continuing to rise. They're not rising quite as fast here. And just uh, concerns over the, the global economy. I think when things are going well and, and commodity prices are up, the Aussie dollar tends to perform a lot better. But now with uh, commodity prices like iron ore falling, the Aussie dollar is quite weak. Uh, so probably a good time for the Singapore listeners out there to consider a trip to Australia because you're going to get over $1.10 Aussie for every Singapore dollar you change. Yeah, not looking good at all uh, for the Australian markets. Uh, very interesting story to, of course, uh, keep your eyes on in the days ahead. We've caught you up with all the latest news headlines out of Australia. But big event happening this weekend, starting on Saturday, the ICC T20 World Cup in Australia, where the hosts will take on New Zealand. They are defending champions as well. Jason, I know you're as excited as I am for this blockbuster event, leading us nicely to the 2022 FIFA World Cup as well, which starts soon after that. What's the general atmosphere like in Australia? Arguably the biggest cricket tournament in the world after the Indian Premier League, of course. I think everyone's looking forward to it. It's kind of crept up on us a little bit. But as you mentioned, Australia against New Zealand opening things up uh, this uh, coming weekend on Saturday at the Sydney Cricket Ground. I live uh, very close to the Gabba, which is the Brisbane Stadium, where we're going to see a couple of matches and Australia are the defending champions of uh, the T20 tournament. And and for those listeners who aren't that familiar with cricket, T20 has really been the, the craze over the last 15 to 20 years. It's this fast and exciting form of cricket that we saw happen in the Indian Premier League. Lots of money involved. And if you're not a fan of cricket, I think it's probably a good introduction, isn't it, Adrian, that you can go to a game a bit like baseball. It's at night. They're wearing coloured clothing. There's music and lots of uh, fanfare and excitement. So, I think, uh, you know, India and Australia are probably the favourites. India beat Australia in a warm-up game a couple of days ago, but other good teams include England. Of course, South Africa and New Zealand are always dark horses. You've got Pakistan. And uh, we even saw an upset, didn't we, in kind of the lead-up to this uh, with some of the, the smaller nations uh, getting victories. We saw Scotland uh, defeating West Indies, and uh, we also saw Bangladesh losing, didn't we, Adrian, in, in a warm-up game? Yeah, big, big upsets, Jason. You mentioned that Namibia, uh, what a team. I mean, uh, their victory over Sri Lanka, incredible. 55 runs they beat them by. Another very big game. Of course, um, Australia New Zealand kicking things off. But on the Sunday, it's India-Pakistan. I don't know how this happens. Every time there's an ICC Cricket World Cup, India and Pakistan play each other, don't they? They do. And I actually attended a World Cup game many years ago, 30 years ago in Sydney and saw India against Pakistan in the 50-over World Cup. And actually in that game, it was a group game. India actually defeated Pakistan in the game, but Pakistan went on to win the tournament under Imran Khan, who many listeners know was the uh, the premier of Pakistan until quite recently. Yes, the former Prime Minister Imran Khan. Um, sticking with sports, let's move on to former Manchester United star Dwight York, who won the treble in 1990. 
29, of course, with the club. He's made a successful start in the A-League as coach. Well, he's done very well. He's with MacArthur FC, which is a new team in the A-League. They won the Australian Cup. That was uh, a few weeks ago, and that was kind of like a pre-season tournament. And they've started their season with a win and a draw in the A-League. And our A-League will take a break when the World Cup stops. But Dwight York is remembered as one of the stars of the early years of the A-League. Uh, when he actually had moved from Manchester United, he came out to play with Sydney FC. Sydney FC winning the championship with Dwight York playing in the twilight period of his career. But he's doing a really good job. Uh, he's really taking it seriously. And there's a young player called Daniel Azani who plays for MacArthur, who was actually born in Iran, but is a bit like Harry Kuehl. He's been touted as the new Harry Kuehl. Had a lot of injuries. I think he was with Celtic for a while. So he's back playing with MacArthur under Dwight York. And I you know, couldn't imagine a better person to have as your coach if you are an attacking player. So watch out for Dwight York. He definitely has a soft spot for Australia, for the A-League. So far, so good for him with MacArthur FC in the A-League. Is this the same Daniel Arzani? Briefly played for Australia at the 2018 World Cup. In fact, he was signed by Manchester City before moving to Celtic. It's the same guy. Yes, he's only, uh, I think, 22, 23 now. And his whole career has been really affected by terrible knee injuries. As you correctly said, he was signed by Manchester City. Never played for them, but went on loan immediately to Celtic. Suffered a bad injury uh, for Celtic and, and did play in the 2018 World Cup when he was a teenager. But, you know, we really need world-class players, Australia does. Uh, and we don't have the the Harry Kules, the Tim Cahills, the people like that that we had in, in the previous years. So let's see if he can blossom and maybe force his way into the Australian squad for the FIFA World Cup, which starts in November in Qatar. Yeah, certainly excited for that. Cannot wait because whenever the World Cup comes around, it's always an exciting time. The blockbuster event, the festival of football. Jason, before I let you go, let's talk about your Family trip to the Sunshine Coast, visiting the towns of Kulim and staying in town near the airport called Markula, uh, visiting the nearby market Yandina. How was the trip? It was a surprising trip. You know, we have a, an hour trip to the Gold Coast. It's an hour and a half to the Sunshine Coast. So we stayed in the airport hotel in Markula, which is near the airport. There's actually a very good airport in the Sunshine Coast now that will soon have international flights, we hope, direct to Singapore. And, you know, stayed in the hotel and we're right near the airport. So it reminded me a bit of being at Changi where you have the planes taking off over the beach. And we headed up to Coolum, which is a lovely town, went on the walk along the beach that you can do there, the boardwalk. And then to this inland market, Yandina, which reminds me of Byron Bay back uh, 30 or 40 years ago. It's a kind of a bit of a hippie market, got great foods. Uh, there was actually a, a Thai stall that did fantastic Thai food at very cheap prices and you know we bought some avocados and some mangoes and all the veggies were very reasonably priced but i think the sunshine coast is one of the best places to go if you want to come from singapore you've got the australian zoo from the crocodile hunter there's also noosa with all the trendy restaurants uh, rainbow beach with the colored sands i reckon uh, you know sunshine coast is one of the best parts of australia and i i can't wait to get back there again soon yeah, great story. Love hearing uh, all about your trips. Hope the family is all good, Jason, and we can't wait to have you in Singapore very soon. Meet in conversation with ABC News journalist Jason Dacey, getting all the headlines from Down Under. Jason, have a great rest of the week, and I'm sure I'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Adrian, and welcome back. I know the listeners missed you when you were off recently, but uh, great to talk to you again from beautiful Brisbane. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg.
or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.